to Inspirational Journeys, a faith-based podcast where your story matters. Come on over, grab a seat on the front porch, and let's talk about the writing life. Welcome to Inspirational Journeys, everyone. My name is Ann Harrison, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with my special guest, Susan Louise Gabriel. Welcome to the show, Susan. Hi. Yeah, I'm very happy to be here. I am so happy to have you. I do believe God placed uh, placed you in my path for a reason. Um, so first, before we get into the 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 main part of the interview, I have there's a couple there's a couple of things I ask people first, and then we go we see where the conversation and the Lord takes us. But first of all, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners and the viewers? Okay. Uh, as you said, I'm Susan Louise Gabriel. Um, I usually just go by Susan Gabriel, but there's another author by that name. So I've used uh, my middle names to differentiate. So, oh, you know, okay. if, if you want to find me anywhere, it, it needs to be Susan Louise Gabriel. Um, m- my husband and I live uh, in the country. This is really my my dream home, which is a very small, tiny home on an acre of land. Um, uh, it's very peaceful here. I love it. Um, I, After some of the things that I went through earlier in my life, it's really wonderful to feel um, isolated, <laughs> kind of kind of away from the reach of, of um, forces out there that are, uh, say, unpleasant. Um, people who may want to coerce you to do what they want you to do, uh, people who want to take your freedoms away, um, you know, those kinds of things I, I've lived through. So it, for me, it's wonderful to be in the country and to be close to nature and feel like I can commune with God better here. Um, so that's something I'm, I'm enjoying. We have four dogs we live with. <laughs> And uh, we also have two children and three grandchildren, and they don't live with us. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, when you, when I'm like, yes, Lord, when you said the country, I live in the country. I've lived in, I'm in Georgia, but I've lived in Atlanta and then I've lived in Athens. I've lived in the cities mm-hmm. before. And I'm going to be honest, living city life is just too noisy for me too. I, me too. Uh, and I have wind chimes outside of my yard right near my my front yeah. porch. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I've got the wind chimes too. I love it. Oh, and we've okay. got we've got toads our other pets are toads we have many many toads which my husband worries about all the time when it gets when it gets too hot and dry he worries that toads are going to die so he's those are his pets Aww. (laughs) (laughs) so tell me what inspired you to become a writer i've always liked to write i i always loved to read um i went to school a year earlier than actually I was supposed to. I was only four when I started school, uh, kindergarten. And because I wanted to learn to read so bad. And back in those days, they told parents they should not teach children to read, that that should be left up to the schools. So I guess my mother got tired of me badgering her to constantly read to me. (laughs) So she got me in school a year early. And uh, so I've always been a reader. I loved to read. Uh, I spent all my extra spare time in the library. And then I would write stories to uh, some stories 
I used to like fairy tales a lot. So sometimes I'd write a lot of fairy tales. I would get on kicks and write certain types of, of uh, stories. Um, so I've always been a writer. I just have never really uh, thought too much about writing a book. I mean, it's one of those things you think about, you don't really take steps to doing um, until after this one very dramatic event uh, occurred to my family that I've talked about in the book um, in the 80s. And uh, so just a couple of years after that was resolved, I decided to try to write a book about the whole situation and all of the events. And I got partway done uh, and I just had to stop because I got to a point where I had to describe the most painful part to me and it was just too painful to relive at that time. So I put everything away and I did not touch it really until about two years ago. Uh, and I would never have brought it back out again if it hadn't been for this particular person that I met online. Um, and um, actually there were two, two people, two, two, one was a, a teenage boy and another one was a young man. And we just became pen pals and, and we, we wrote to each other and, and asked questions and wanted to get to know each other. So as I was writing and, and talking about my life and explaining some of the bizarre episodes of situations, um, they both encouraged me you know, to write a book, to finish the book that I had started. Uh, so by the time I got through describing the things that had happened to me, I realized I already had written now an additional portion that I could use in a book. So I kind of went and I happened to find accidentally, thank you, God, I happened to find the um, materials in the garage one day, uh, all of all of the paperwork from the courts, uh, everything, all of my manuscript and my notes. And uh, so I brought them in and I started putting the book together a couple of years ago. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. And I love the poetry too. What inspired your poetry? Well, that also was inspired by the, these two friends of mine. Uh, one of them is, is a, a, the, the teenage teenager is really an excellent poet himself. And uh, so he writes poetry. So I thought, well, I, that doesn't look so hard. So, so I started <laughs> writing poetry too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I have a those poem. are my two, my two buddies online. Those, it, it, if if I hadn't made those friends online, um, you know, it, it none of this would have happened. It, and of course, God brought them into my life. Uh, oh, that's yeah. it's very very obvious to me. Oh yeah, I have a poetry story to tell you. The listeners have already heard this, but a friend of mine, I have to give kudos to my friend Jen Lowry, who does the Jen Lowry Writes podcast. So you, those of you uh-huh. who watch and and listening, I'm giving a shout out. Um, but she had a writing prompt a couple of years ago or maybe it was no it was 20 no it was 2020 and um last year and or I don't remember anyway the point was she had this writing prompt that was supposed to be a 50 word story about you know she talked about these seashells these long seashells she calls her her niece called mermaid fingernails started trying to do the story and I kept saying I can't write poetry this is rare (laughs) I don't I don't you know um and the Holy Spirit's like you can't but I can and I wrote three poems that day and ever since then if they're not they're not as they don't happen as much as as fast as my fiction but and stuff but I have been writing poems off and on (laughs) Uh 
it's really, it, you know, you use a different part of your brain when, yeah. when, when you write poetry and it actually, it feels good. Uh, it, it's, there's some, some muscle or some kind of brain uh, area or cell activity that is inspired by the, the poetry and, and how, how a poem has to go together uh, that I don't think you use every day. I think it's something mm -hmm. that is, you know, sort of unused. It's like when you try to write a poem, nothing happens. But when you're not uh -huh. expecting it, a poem uh -huh. or a haiku happens. Yes. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, and yeah, and I don't want to spoil your story about, you know, the the injustice that was done um, with your daughter, Emily. But um, if I want to ask there. I was going to ask you, did Emily ever come back home to you? But I read, but I read the story. You have to read the story yeah. for that. So yeah. what would you tell people who are going through the struggles that you went through? Or do you want to share, you know, little bits and pieces of that first? Yeah, I can, I can do that. Um, the first chapter in my book is really a giveaway of what the, this traumatic event is that I talk about. And that is that um, I was called uh, at work one day and uh, the person on the phone told me they were with DSS and that they had my daughter and that I needed to come down to their facility. And I had no idea what they were talking about. Uh, but when I got there, they told me that they were holding my daughter, Emily, uh, that they would not allow her to come back at home and live with me again until I kicked my husband out of the home and did not allow him any contact with her because she had claimed that he had sexually molested her that is that's what they told me and I was totally shocked and I started asking questions and I said what did she say you know what how how did this happen and uh the uh social worker told me that um he had tickled her and I asked where and she said on the stomach area and in the armpits and that threw me because I mean that there's no real sexual molestation in something like that and I mm -hmm. knew they they played together they were they were playmates <laughs> in that you know he, he was very active and she was very active and she would climb on him like he was a jungle gym and um so they they used to have, have a lot of fun together um he would you know because he was he's very uh uh, you know, lighthearted and playful. And she loved that. So, so she, she was, she always loved him. Um, and when they took her away, she was devastated and I was devastated. Um, I was only allowed to see her one to two hours a week while I was being uh, monitored by the department of social services. So it was at their facility. I would go in, sign in, they would bring her into a room where there were other people who were also visiting and also a social worker who was watching and listening to everything that we said. Um, and this went on for uh, two years. E even after, uh, and I can tell you now, my husband was eventually found not guilty that the whole thing was extremely traumatic and all of the events that led up to that were so uh, I mean, unbelievable. They, they're things that you would never think would happen or could happen. Um, but it, it did. And uh, it was two years before she was actually allowed to be around my husband again. 
And um, even even after he was found not guilty, it it, it was a monumental, uh, distressing thing to me that I was completely convinced, and I still believe to this day, they they were doing it to uh, punish us, to get back at us, because I did not immediately believe them and kick him out of the house. I said, you know, I I I need to talk to him. I, I we we talked to a lawyer. They told me not to get a lawyer. They said that would make me look guilty, uh, but we did talk to a lawyer and, and we talked to a psychologist and they both uh, said, do not leave the home to Clark because they will assume that you are guilty. And, and if I you know, did anything to like say, oh, you have to leave the home, they would, again, they would use that as a proof that I believed that he was guilty. So I was really stuck in the middle of a really, really difficult situation. Sounds like they didn't want you to get a lawyer because the lawyer mm -hmm. would prove to them, would, would show them up for the fools mm -hmm. they were. Uh, excuse right. me for putting it that way, but that was just, when I read that, it was, I'm like, oh my gosh, and I'm, I have a daughter, I'm a, well, divorced mom, but still, it's, that, that, that just, even from the beginning, when you began the, when you started the book that way and then went into your journey, you had me hooked. So is she, has she been affected by that? I mean, I know she was affected then, yeah. but has she still had some effects from it to this day? Yeah, she has. She, she has. In fact, her real name is not Emily. And, and cause I want to protect her real identity because this is still, is still traumatic, you know, for both of my daughters. Yeah. So I changed their names, um, changed the name of my ex-husband. So, so, uh, I, but especially my daughters, I mean, they, they've gone through therapy, even as an adult, uh, both of them have been through therapy, lots of therapy. And, um, it's, it's just been a, a difficult thing to, you know, for all of us to live with. Um, I finally got to a point where I, I was, had overcome my anger. I, I worked so hard at trying to change the system that I was able to channel my anger into something productive. Um, and then I, I eventually, even though I, I can't, got to a point where I told God I did not believe in him anymore, I was not going to, I, I was finished. And that if he wanted me to believe in him, he would have to prove to me that he was there. So I gave God an ultimatum and, and he, he came through. Uh, and in so many different ways, uh, he, he showed me he was there and he does every day, every day, there are times, you know, and I'm feeling a little like, God, can you, I need help. I need your, your confidence again. Can you, can you help me out? Show me something, do something. And he, every single time he comes through, uh, I mean, I, I'm sure I'm one of his, um, children that has have caused him some problems <laughs> that he's you know he's he's had to take extra special care because i'm i i'm a little wayward at times but i think it, we all 
Yeah. And you, you read the whole book. So, you know, the whole waywardness of the oh, whole yeah. thing. Yeah. It's I amazing do. that God has stuck with me. And pulled you back into his way, even with all the, the, the craziness. I know there were so many times I, things could have gone the other direction. I, I should be dead. I mean, the, the things that happened, I, I definitely, it, it's a miracle that I'm alive. It's a miracle that uh, I was able to actually write a book about everything um, and explain it. But I, I just, every day I, I thank God and I, I pray every moment that I have as a spare moment and, and just, you know, try to connect uh, with him and uh, so that I can feel like I know what it is he wants me to do because mm. it's, uh, you know, I always want to do what he wants me to do now. I, I don't, I do not want to go out and wander in that desert any, anymore ever again. Mm. Yeah. And you wrote the book, not only to share your story, but I believe to give parents who have dealt with the system, who are dealing with the mm -hmm. system, victim, victims of the system, hope. Uh -huh. Yes. Hope. Yes, yeah. I, I did. I felt that this was really the time. I thought, why write this now? This is, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. It was a long time ago. How is it relevant? And then I realized it's very relevant because so many parents nowadays are dealing with similar situations where they're having to fight a system or an institution to be able to raise the, their children the way that they believe that they want to raise their children, especially if it's in a godly way, you know, there are, mm -hmm. are so many forces opposing that nowadays that um, I think we all need to have strength and get strength from each other. So I, I was hoping that in telling my story, it would give other people the strength and inspiration to continue fighting um, for what, what they need to fight in their own experiences. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that. I can definitely see that because, you know, you are, you are being the voice for those who feel like they have no voice yeah. in your book. Yeah. So, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, because because there were quite a few other people in similar situations and um, they they were afraid of the system. And I got to a point where I was, you couldn't shut me up. <laughs> I told everybody about what had happened. And, um, you know, I thought that was probably the only way to change things was to uncover them. And that's one of the things that God did for me was he, when I was not expecting it, he would put a Bible verse in somehow injected into my life, whether it was someone had left a verse for me or, or something that I heard on the radio or something that popped into my mind. But one of the things that I kept getting was that nothing would, would be, uh, nothing would be um, left covered, that everything would eventually come to light. And that was something that I really held on to because it really was a situation where that whole system needed to come to light. Um, it needed to be exposed. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So um, switching to back, back to writing, and I do appreciate mm -hmm. you sharing tidbits of your story, but tell me about your process. I mean, did you, I mean, I know you had the court records and all yeah. of that, but did you have to do any extensive research? Um. I did, uh, but a lot of the research that I did was in conjunction with 
trying to learn more about the child protection system just because of the activism that I got into. So I had already done a lot of that. Um, one of the things that my husband and I did during that period of time was we started writing newsletters and then the newsletters turned into a magazine. So we, we were publishing a magazine. Um, and I think the, the largest issue was like a 36 or 40 page magazine with stories and articles. Uh, so I would write, uh, sometimes I wrote poetry in there. I wrote articles. A lot of the articles were um, maybe uh, I interviewed someone, for example, and I wrote up their story. Uh, and, or um, a couple of times I wrote one called Alan in Wonderland, which was kind of a takeoff on Alice in Wonderland, only it was a story about how Alan in Wonderland got caught into the child protection system. So, you know, it was, it was a really interesting creative outlet for me. And uh, again, it was kind of a precursor, I think, to writing the book because I was already writing about um, you know, the, the events that had taken place. And uh, so I, I, I just had, had started writing, I kept writing. Now, another thing that's probably good to know about me is that I've been a writer professionally since uh, about 1986, um, because I uh, was a technical writer. I started as a technical writer after I was an electronic technician, technical writer, then I started writing proposals. And uh, I've been a proposal writer or proposal manager ever since. So yeah, I've got 30 years of writing experience, but in many ways, that's not terribly helpful. It, it helps in that, you know, I understand grammar very well, punctuation. Uh, I know how to follow, you know, style guides. I know how to write my own style guide if I want to have someone write in a certain style. But technical writing uh, is very different from the kind of writing that you would do in a book. So yeah. I, I had to find my voice because technical writing, you don't use contractions. That was one of the hardest things for oh, me to no. start doing. And I still sometimes I have to go back. And when I edit my stuff, I have to put contractions in <laughs> because I'll say it is instead of it's or he is instead of he's. And, and it sounds stilted. It sounds, sounds kind of formal and off-putting uh, when you're trying to write, say, a novel or something. Uh, it's not, you don't want to use that kind of language. So the, the way that I found my voice was by writing to these two, uh, two young men um, that I had become pen pals with. And I, I learned to, to write in my own voice. I learned to write the way that I talk. So that made things a lot more interesting to read because now I'm telling a story. Now I'm not, not writing per se. I'm, I'm talking, but I'm talking and it's in print so that you can read it. And I'm hoping that you, you got that sensation that oh, yeah. I was just telling you a story. Yep. Um, you were, yeah. you were not, no, you didn't tell it. You showed it. <laughs> you put it yeah. in there I could I could see the whole thing play out and yeah. the way you described it it was it was wow it was yeah. it was definitely it would keep somebody engaged and I could have finished it and I should have finished it earlier but I had to um support <laughs> another author that I've been that is that um as you're hearing this I had last week she's a teenage author and she wrote a fantasy mm. she's a, a wow. critically acclaimed teen she's a senior in high school and uh -huh. she got her first publishing 
um, deal, not even a rejection. She got her first publishing deal when she submitted the manuscript to her agent. So that's wonderful. Yeah, that's a story. Yeah. I have to send you that link too when it comes yeah. out. That's a story in itself. So well, it turns out was, both my daughters and my my granddaughter are all writers as well. Really? And yeah, my granddaughter it reminded me when you talked about that. When she was a teenager, she also wrote a book and she published it herself on Amazon. Uh, and it was a fantasy. <laughs> so, oh, wow. That is yeah. so amazing. So oh, I've got the, all, all writers. Uh, all of us are writers, I guess. You know, and I, I read someplace where there's such a thing as a writer gene or a grammar gene. I wish, where... <laughs> I wish my daughter had that. I'm not kidding because I love to write. I'm a writer myself. Uh -huh. I've yeah. I'm working on a couple of projects. I finished the first draft of a, of a children's book. This is National Novel Writing Month, by the way. Uh -huh. And right. Um, but I finished the first draft of a children's book during NaNoWriMo um, last Saturday. Well, uh -huh. the, 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 on the, uh, the first Saturday, the set, the, um, oh my gosh, what was it? uh anyway doesn't matter when you're listening to this it was the it was at the end of the first week of NaNoWriMo so uh -huh. anyway um but but then it's like my and then I've got a poetry book that I've written uh -huh. um and so I'm working on a couple of other projects so yeah I I totally feel the, the sense of community here mm -hmm. <laughs> and I am so blessed <laughs> to be a part you know to be a part of the to meet new writers um, and I was wondering, did your daughters ever publish anything? I'm curious now. <laughs> um, well, my granddaughter, you know, she did publish this book on Amazon. That's been, she's 20, uh, 22 now. So that's been a few years ago. Um, my other daughter, her mother has actually written uh, at least three novels that I know of, but she has not had enough courage to, to get them published she and she's been busy she's she's got a job as a technical writer as well so so she's been pretty busy but I think if she ever gets any spare time that she's definitely going to continue to pursue that yeah um, and, means... and then again my other daughter she's a technical writer also yeah um get them in touch with me I mean if they have any any um, I'm not a technical writer. I'm a professional writer, but I don't do the technical uh -huh. stuff, but that's not my thing. Yeah. But I love to write. I love to be to, you know, I always encourage become being a part mm -hmm. of a community. So, mm -hmm. you know, that yeah. I love to encourage other writers. That's amazing. So well, do you go ahead? I was just saying, I really appreciate your having me on your show. It's it that in itself is a great encouragement. So thank you. And, and thank you for being here. So do you have any tips for new writers? Um, right. <laughs> there really is no other, other tip. I would say write and write at all different times of the day or night, whenever you, you feel like you want to write. Uh, eventually, you'll probably find you're better at a certain time of the day or night. Um, my most... Um, um, let's say successful writing is done early in the morning. Uh, sometimes I get up at 3 a.m. and I will write you for like a, a, friend of mine. a few hours. <laughs> and, and that's when my, I, I think, and I, I have heard this, but I think it's because of the critic in my brain uh, just shuts off and it lets me just write. And then I can go back later and edit 
And uh, I like to edit. I enjoy rereading what I write, but I find I get bogged down if I am rereading it while I'm writing it. I need to try to just get it all down, like one, you know, say one section of the writing, one chapter or whatever I'm working on. I just need to try to get all of that down because then my voice is going to come through. Then I go back at later, set it aside and go back later and edit um, afterwards. But mm -hmm. um, that's, I know a lot of people do that. And I, I agree. I think that's a really good way to do things. Um, I am not the biggest outliner when I go to write something like book or a story. Uh, I will have a basic uh, idea of what I want it to be and how, where I think the characters are going to go and what they're like. I might write a little bit down if I need to remember certain characteristics about each one of them. Um, but uh, I, I'm not really huge on outlining because I, I don't stick with it. <laughs> My creative juices go a lot of times in another direction. And so the outline was useless. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I have to do some plotting because if I don't, yeah. I will be in the I tried pantsing. Well, I say that I'm a what they call a planter. The NRIMO, <laughs> National Novel Writing Month team calls a planter because yeah. I've been planning in the revision process for this one book for my Christian supernatural thriller, uh, Shadow of Truth. Uh -huh. And but then I pants the children's book. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I pants it. <laughs> so saying that I'm not a pantser is like saying I don't yeah. write. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. kind of funny. So um, <clears throat> where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me. Um, the easiest way is to go to my website, which is my name. So it's just susanlouisegabriel.com. Uh, and um, you can sign up for my newsletter there. Uh, you can also uh, click on a, a link that'll take you over to my publishing company, which is where I've got a blog. And uh, you can read more stories and more things that I've written and some things that my friend, uh, one of my friends, my online friends has written as well. Um, so he he's, I'm turning him into a writer too. <laughs> And he's the one that was not the writer in the first place, um, but uh, I'm forcing him to write and uh, he, he's doing a good job. He's, he's from Nigeria, so his, uh, his English is not, when I first met him, wasn't really super good, uh, but he's improved so much, so tremendously uh, since, you know, since I've known him and that, but just from talking to me and, um, you know, we, we, I use, I intentionally use big words with him because I'm, I'm increasing his vocabulary and uh, I'm sure he doesn't mind. <laughs> wow. Okay. So wh what are you working on now? I am working on um, actually a second edition of this book, which is going to be a, a somewhat shorter version of the book. Um, and it's, I'm going to have some additional uh, styles. Right now, it's just in ebook format. I'm going to have a paperback and a hardback, and I'm also going to do a large print format for people who might have um, 
some visual problems. Mm -hmm. My mother always bought large print books. So, uh, you know, that is near and dear to my heart to get a large print book out there. Uh, And then I'm also doing a companion journal for the books so that people who are in Bible studies or in um, like uh, book clubs would have something that where they can record their thoughts uh, and there are prompts in the book um, that are related to the Wheels of Injustice book. And so that would be a companion journal. I also have, I have a ton of poets, a ton of poetry that I want to get put into a book and uh, get get the poetry published. Mm -hmm. Um, And then beyond that, I've got a few other ideas that are percolating in my brain, um, but they have not yet, you know, gotten solidified yet. Journaling. Yeah. (laughs) Journaling, that'll get them, you can put them down in a journal and flesh them out before you write them. Yes, I do that all the time. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. In fact, my what my friend, the one in Nigeria that uh I talk about, um he actually the this is another part of my writing process that I'll talk about that has been extremely helpful to me. It's like journaling. Uh I he there's seven hours difference between us. So he goes to bed and I'm still awake. Um, and so a lot of times I would just write a bunch of stuff to him and, uh, as if it were a journal, uh, or a diary, you know, just a lot of things, my thoughts, he's a Christian too. So a lot of, a lot of thoughts that I have, uh, ideas that I have a lot of different things that I write to him and then he will write back. And then he pretty much responds to each one of the things that I write about and that response is amazingly helpful because it's one thing to journal, but it's another thing to get a response to everything that you've said. So, I mean, I, to me, it's just been uh, unbelievable because I've journaled a lot in the past. I've had, you know, like diaries and journals and have written a lot and, and it's helpful, but it's even more helpful when somebody says, Hey, you know, you said such and such, what did you really mean by that? And then I have to go back and think about it and explain it better. And then maybe when I'm explaining it better, I realize that I, I didn't really mean exactly what the way I said it. And, and it opens up a whole new area for me to think about. So that I would say is probably the most valuable uh, writing method that I have ever discovered. And it, I you know, came across it by accident. Um, wow. but I, I highly recommend it. You know, the, the process of finding a pen pal and somebody who is willing to ask you hard questions and, you know, even not to not be afraid of making you mad, um, you know, because you're going to have and just have, have an honest conversation with each other. And um, it's no, nobody talk, talks about doing that kind of thing much. And maybe I ought to write an article about it, but it's amazing. It really is. Oh, okay. That just, that does sound really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. It really um, is. So is there anything I missed that you wanted to touch on before we close? Um, no, just, <laughs> I hope people, if you feel so inclined to uh, read my book, I really hope you do, because uh, if you feel at least a little bit interested in it, I think you'll 
I think you're being pulled in that direction for a reason. So yep. uh, I would encourage you, you know, to, to check it out. Ditto that. I, 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 I agree to that too, because it was basically, I, it was an eye opener of, you know, not, not that I, I mean, I never had to deal with something, but it's an eye opener. It, it basically gives you a, a glimpse of what, what, what this world can be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was just like the main uh, event. But as you know, now there are a lot of surprises in the book, a lot of things oh, yeah. that you will not expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't talk. Yeah, it is full of surprises. And so I don't talk about everything in the book when I do interviews, because uh, I want to leave those things for a surprise. But uh-huh. they're definitely some surprises. But that's what that's what keeps the reader engaged, too. Yeah. And they yeah. say truth is stranger than fiction. I do and yeah, it is. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> but God has a way of reaching the right people um, uh-huh. in, yeah. in, in times like that. Yeah. So um and, and I like to ask, and I hope I'm not putting you on the spot, but do you have a Bible verse you want to share with us today? Um, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Romans I hung on to that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Romans that 8, 28. Yep. And would you like to do the honor of closing us out in prayer? Sure. I'd be very happy to. Dear Lord, thank you so much for bringing us together today and, and bless all of the people who are listening to this podcast and please extend the reach of this podcast. Um, I know that you want additional people to be called into your, into your kingdom. Um, I know you want us to continue watering each other and blessing each other. So please help us to know exactly what to say when we write um, open our hearts and our minds to you and send your Holy Spirit to uh, join us in as we continue to um, write and uh, continue to commune with you. Um, and in Jesus' name, we ask this. Amen. Amen. So we challenge you today to go out there and read to get inspired, write something inspiring, and share your creation with the world. For when you've touched one life, you've touched thousands. Thanks for joining us on Inspirational Journeys. And remember, your story matters. Have a blessed day, everyone. Hello, everyone. My name is Ann Harrison, and I am the author of the poetry book entitled The Spirit of Creativity, Inspirational Poems for the Creative at Heart. It is not only available in ebook and audiobook, but is also available in paperback via Amazon. So if Amazon is your favorite store, go to bookstoread.com slash the spirit of creativity, click on the Amazon store and click on see all formats and editions and there you will find all three formats, ebook, audible, and paperback. So Get your copy of The Spirit of Creativity, Inspirational Poems for the Creative at Heart today. Happy reading! Hey everybody, this is Anne from the Inspirational Journeys podcast, and I'm here today with... Teresa from Struggling Blessed But Not Alone podcast. How are you today, Anne? I'm doing good. How about you, Teresa? I'm good. So what's up? 
I've got some news for you. Really? What's that? Did you know that our listeners can support our podcasts? No. Can you please share more about that? Okay, so while you're listening to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform, hit the support this podcast button. With your contribution of 99 cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month, you're helping us achieve our goals. Wait a minute, Anne. Are you telling me all that our listeners have to do is hit that support button and they could give a donation? That's right. Wow. Hey guys, thanks for wanting to do that for us. Have a blessed day. So I challenge you today to go out there and read to get inspired, write something inspiring, and share your creation with the world. For when you've touched one life, you've touched thousands. You've been listening to Inspirational Journeys, Stories That Matter, with your host, Anne Harrison. If you like what you've heard on today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, and leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform. Visit my website at AnneWritesInspiration.com, subscribe to my YouTube channel, and follow me on Facebook and Pinterest at AnneWritesInspiration and on Twitter at AnneWrites75 for more inspirational content. Thanks for listening, and remember, your story matters.